I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. Hello and welcome to Keeping the Ball on the Ground, the Open Goal podcast in association with our friends at William Hill. We've pulled it off again, Sai, you know. Well, I'm firing, you, you, you can't believe who's sitting on your right shoulder here, can you? Nah. You can't believe <laughs> you it. You had to introduce, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> He's expecting Charlie Miller. <laughs> Charlie's lost some weight. <laughs> well, we're delighted to say, one of the old media pals, no, it's no Hugh Keevans, it's no Hugh McDonald. It's no Derek Johnson, it's no Chick Young, it's better than that. We've lifted it a level. Ron Atkinson. <laughs> I've actually managed to persuade Terry Venables to fly in <laughs> from Spain. He's just hanging about waiting for the Dundee or the Dundee United job to, to, to come about. No, we've got the top man, the chief football writer from the Sunday Mail, Scott McDermott, man who's been all around the world covering football for the Sunday Mail for the past 15 years. And Si, if you're not aware, Scott, an old colleague of mine, Good player in these days, still getting no a bad touch. Knows a wee bit about the game, aye. I'm one of the Scotland tips. I think you'll be joined in or something once. Maybe. Can't hope he was your. I'm glad you said that. But just in case any listeners out there are not sure who I'm talking about, I'll repeat it. It's Scott McDermott from the Sunday <laughs> Mail, the top Scott, man. Charlie, that's he'll get his one back. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Scotty, delighted. And follow Scotty on Twitter as well. Scotty, what's your address on Twitter? Uh, Scott McDermott eight. 
That was his number. That was, when my, that was my old number. Right? That was his number. But that wasn't the amount of pies that they had at half time. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, we've got a great show on for you today. 45, 50 minutes as usual. Um, we're going to be speaking about Stephen Gerrard's comments. Um, despite Rangers beating Dundee 4-0 at the weekend, Gerrard wasn't happy with his team's performance. We'll also move into the St Mirren. Celtic game and the tactics of St Mirren's new gaffer Oren Kearney and bringing a magician to relax the players and put a smile on their face and we'll also look ahead to the end of the week when Celtic and Rangers kick off their Europa League group stages, Rangers away to Villarreal in Spain and Celtic at home to the Norwegian side Rosenberg and then we will speak up and coming talent in the Scotland under 21 team, terrific um, a double header for them last week, 3-0 against Andorra and a brilliant 2-1 win away to Holland and Scott, he was over there covering Scott Gemmell's team so he'll be able to give us a right good insight into the rising talent uh, in the under-21 side such as Billy Gilmore and Fraser Hornby and the rest. So keep with us, I know you're going to enjoy it and we're going to kick off with the Rangers-Dundee game. Scotty, you were there, Rangers won 4-0, convincing yeah. um, <coughs> result for them. Not so good a day for, for Kenny Miller, uh, getting sent off back at Ibrox, but we'll touch on that later. But when Stephen Gerrard came in and, and gave his, his post-match uh, interview, were you taken aback that he was critical of the team? I was, that's what I was going to say. I was stunned when I went into the press room afterwards because you, know, you see that many of these results. No team, especially the old firm, won 3 or 4 nil at home and you expect the manager just to come in and wax lyrical about the team. Talk about all the good points, but I mean, literally, first question <clears throat> Stephen Gerrard was asked, No, did you get the performance you were looking for today? And he just said, No, he says, I don't think the performance was there at all. And I think everybody in that room was, was taken aback. Um, and then he, listen, he went on to explain why. No, did I agree with him? Probably no. Listen, he knows far more about football than, than me, but. To me, it was 4 0 going on 6 or 7. Uh, Dundee were lucky in the second half, not to concede even more goals. Um, but on reflection, I just think you look, and that's it has to be a bit of psychology for Gerard with the, with the players. That's what I was going to ask. Do you think he, he genuinely believes that, or do you think he's keep, just keep, he was actually happy, he just wants to keep them on their toes? I, I, I think he's definitely just want to keep them on their toes. I mean, it's all kind of Sir Alex Ferguson tactic, mm-hmm. isn't it? When you win a game, the players probably think, right, that's us back. No, last game, lost the old firm game, got a bit of criticism. Probably think, right, we're back after the break, feeling refreshed, put in a good performance, and then he just puts them, puts them right back in their place again. I think that's that's the standard that he's trying to create at Rangers. Do you know what I mean? That's what they've, that's what they've lacked for for the, for the last few years. So I, I definitely think it was a ploy for him just to keep the, keep the players on their toes. But as a newspaper man, when a manager comes away with a line like that at the end of the game, you're, you're sitting up in your hands as well. Oh, it was you? great. It was great because you're thinking, like, you know as well as I do, 4-0, you're kind of struggling for a line after it because you're just thinking it's just going to be, oh, we were great, we were brilliant. But to actually come in and, and Gerard's been brilliant for lines, to be fair. He's never he's never let us down yet. Uh, so when he comes in after a 4-0 and basically says they were rubbish, it was it was great. That's your back page. Back page sorted. Sorted. Get the pen, get the, the takeaway up the road in time for match of the day. <laughs> the back page in the bag. Say, have you been in that scenario during your career where you've had a, a good win in terms of being on the pack? I think we've actually played quite well today. And you come in and, and you're taking a back by, by what the manager says to you. Uh, Decani had done it all the time, honestly. Every every game we won, he would slaughter us, eh? Um, yeah. He would, he would um, he'd come in after the game and say, listen, lads, 
okay, you done well, you win 4 0, but remember, you're still League One players, very rubbish, very <laughs> rubbish. And I'm going to tell everyone this, he says, but I'm a rubbish manager as well because I'm only League One as well. He says, to play for me, you have to have bollocks. I'm going to slaughter you in the paper, you have to accept it and take it. But it was just to keep you on your toes, and I think. Rangers have needed a manager like this for years because uh-huh. you look back at Cashini and even Warburton they'd have been saying some stupid things after uh-huh. a 4 I went at home saying we're going to win the league we're going to catch it all that stuff uh-huh. they, they would be praising the team when they played badly exactly no, it's totally different and I think it's a it's a manager that Rangers have needed for a while I think he's great with the press Jenner yeah. even watched him a couple of days before he only speaks about what he wants to speak about if there's a uh-huh. question put to him that he didn't, he's not happy about you'll just you'll pay it off mm-hmm. Um and you can tell that he's a, he's a proper man, Gerard, eh? and I think it's a manager that they've needed for years. That, that's the thing about Gerard, though. We were talking about this the other day. Though you're interviewing him, you're trying to come up with different questions, you're trying to get a wee, a wee line at him. But see, after it, you go at and think, think to yourself, this guy must have done thousands of press conferences in his career. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally, there's no a question. see it all coming. There's no a question. You're talking World Cups, Champions League finals, captain of Liverpool, captain the amount of press conferences and questions he must have no, answered earlier the world, there's nothing that's going to take him by surprise. Yeah, he's he's not got going you to be boys fo- on toast, isn't he? Yeah, uh-huh. he's not no going to be bought by any, any kind of questions. But I like when I, when I listen to him, um, Scotty, or, or I read him in the, in the papers, um, it's the point that Simon makes here in terms of what, what he says. I love the fact that he uses his media conferences wisely. He uses them to his yeah. benefit. He yeah. doesn't go in and go through the motions. No. You know, the old cliches. You actually get in, and when you actually listen and analyse what he says, like like Saturday night, he's constantly challenging his players. Yeah. You know, he's picking things out. Yeah, we were good, but we need to score more goals. We we're good. Or we should have kept a clean sheet, even though we won three one. And I love the way that he thinks, right, I'm not just going to tick this box. I'm no. actually going to use this time wisely so the supporters know what I'm about. And more importantly the players and, and, and public know what I'm about and, and it's clever and, that, and that's what you should be doing yeah. managers should use media co- as much as a lot of them don't like doing them and you can understand why but you've got to use it to your advantage uh-huh. I thought as an ex-player that is what you would struggle with because I uh-huh. think players struggle with the media you know mm-hmm. um, but he's been brilliant with it. even the other day when they were asking about referees I mean when he wants to speak about referees he'll go on for ages yeah. but when he doesn't mm-hmm. he bats it off straight away he says uh-huh. no I'm not here to speak about referees he did, he did, it, he did it when it suited him uh-huh. away, away to Aberdeen obviously when uh-huh. they lose Morelos early doors first day of the season no, it suited him that day to have, a, to have a wee dig at the refs, but you're right, then he turns it around when everybody else is talking about refs, mm. he's not a good guy saying, oh, no, I don't, listen, I don't, <laughs> want, I don't want to talk about them. So, the, other, the other thing I love about Gerard or interviewing Gerard, and this is just purely for a, a media point of view, is because of what he's done in the game and where he's been, it's really any subject or any kind of topical thing that's happening, you can bet your bottom door he's either played there Played against them. Mm-hmm. No, uh-huh. it was like the other day. We're, we're looking at the Villarreal game. We're asking them about the Villarreal game. So he mentioned Santi Cazorla playing with Villarreal, and he's like, "So some great battles with him." Uh-huh. No, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yeah. He was able to tell you everything you needed to know about Cazorla. It was brilliant. Whereas any other manager like a Warburton or a Cassinia can't really talk with that kind of authority. Do you know what I mean? So ask him about Peter Head. He'll never fucking close. He's not played there. <laughs> Yeah, just, just to touch back on what you said about the Canio, and I suppose this could apply to all dressing rooms and all managers. You said that it would constantly slaughter you, okay. even regardless of the result. But can that have the opposite effect as well? As you, oh, he's just slaughtered us again, rather than, than just kind of picking and choosing when he slaughtered you, can I switch off for the slaughters? No, nah, because I mean? when he praised you, you felt like a million 
a million dollars, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you were that used to getting slaughtered that when he actually did praise you, you would think, Phew. and you were desperate to please him. Because of the name he is, because of the way he was, and I could imagine that the Rangers players will be exactly the same with Gerrard. Mm-hmm. You're desperate for him, I like these players, you know. People say to me that ex-players does, doesn't, doesn't mean anything to be a manager, but it does. Mm-hmm. When you're playing for a Decano or a Steven yeah. Gerrard, you're desperate to impress him, of course you are. Mm-hmm. You know the career they've had, the kind of guys that are, they're standing in the game. And you will do anything for them, I like you, honestly. Um, and I think Gerard's got the players in the palm of their hand, and I think that's the first time in years that a Rangers manager's had that. Right, so let, let's just flip it over then and, and go across the city to Celtic, because you've got a man there, Brendan Rodgers, back-to-back trebles, invincible season, season in his first campaign. Good CVs, a manager, learning his trade under Mourinho, nearly won the title with, with Liverpool. We all know the backstory. But... Playing career, mm, no, uh-huh. you know, not he's not a Gerard or a, or a Decano, but but Scotty, you can still see, and you've dealt with um, Brendan Rodgers for two years, week in week out, that he has got that that charisma, uh-huh. and you can clearly tell uh-huh. that players want to play for him too. Uh, with Rodgers, it's all about personality, personality, and no doubt being a brilliant coach mm-hmm. at, at training. I mean, size so right, we are no talking about guys you want to play for. Rodgers didn't play at any great level, but. No, you can bet your bottom door the players would run through a brick uh, wall for a minute. He, uh, uh, it's his motivational tactics. No, I know he get, he get slaughtered for that documentary he did a few years ago. Remember at, at, at Liverpool? At Liverpool. Yeah. But I thought even in even in that there was wee bits like team talks and all that. We thought, I'll tell you what, you'd love to play for. You'd love to play for that guy and. No, he must be a brilliant coach, and as I say, with him, it's about character, personality. You would just, you would just want to play with him in a similar way to with Gerard, but for different reasons. So, give, give us a, you know, because look, again, I think Brendan Rodgers uses his his media conferences brilliantly as well. He's always what to get his message out there, and you can see the amount of lines that, that he gives the newspapers and, and the headlines, and the amount of other subjects that he can dip into too. That you were yeah. talking about Gerard as well. In terms of when you're dealing with him behind closed doors. Scotty and I know the set up are they, are they similar or are, are they different the way they handle the, the Rodgers and Gerrard yeah. very similar um, and the reason for that is that unlike a lot of managers you can ask them absolutely anything mm-hmm. no subject is out of bounds I mean there are managers no Scottish managers that haven't achieved half of what Gerrard and Rodgers have but I found myself sitting there worried about asking mm-hmm. a question in case he's got a, a backlash. In case he's got a backlash. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. See when you guys like no, Craig Levine, Yogi Hughes, even, no, you would be sitting worried about asking something. See with Gerard and Rogers, despite no, the big personalities that are big reputations, <clears throat> you're not worried about asking them anything. As I say, nothing is out of bounds. No, despite how kind of awkward it might be. No, listen, I know they've not had to deal with that many awkward questions so far because Rogers has just been so successful and Gerard's just in the door. But honestly, the way they make you feel, <clears throat> and Rogers, I think, is a master at it. He just makes you feel so comfortable. Knows all the boys' names and stuff, eh? You oh, know, definitely. Everybody Aye, and does his homework, doesn't yeah. Un- yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. But that's, that's clever. I mean, that's... I remember last year I did a... I did a piece for the paper with Anton Rogan, uh-huh. but usual, you'll know this, I did it for the Sunday Mail, and a couple of days before the Sunday, it was it was previewing the Scottish Cup final, so a game against Aberdeen, I was talking to Anton Rogan about a famous penalty shootout yeah. here, a couple of days before, it was due to come out the Sundays, somebody for one of the daily papers did it, uh-huh. daily record or daily mail, whatever, 
So I was gutted, but the, the record or the Sunday Mail just put it online anyway. Just so people on Twitter and that could see it. And then we were at the Football Writers dinner in the May and I'm in the toilet at the hotel and came out and Brendan Rogers is here. I was like, oh, how are you doing? Brendan stopped me, was he? Aye. Uh, <laughs> first thing he says to me was, he says, by the way, love that Anton Rogan piece. I'm like, how do you even, wasn't he in a paper? Yeah. But honestly, he reads everything. I think, knows um, everybody's name. <clears throat> Anton Rogan was in his Celtic Dream Team. <clears throat> I think he was. I speak to Frank McIverney Saturday night over at John Hartson's Foundation. The other one, Frank says, I'm going to go up and have a word with, with Brendan. I can't believe he's got rogey. <laughs> 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 he's, he's, yeah, he's Celtic dream team. But you're, you're sort of, he's, he's also been very successful. A couple of uh, results in, in Europe that obviously didn't go to plan uh, in the past couple of years. But has he ever been been prickly? Or can you tell something? You can He's not in the mood today, you know, we'll, we'll stand off a on, wee bit. On, only once or twice, uh-huh. uh, and I don't think, I don't think I've been there either of those days, but I've heard a couple of the boys saying there's maybe been something going on behind the scenes. There was one in particular, which is very unlike him, when he walked into the one of the rooms at Lennox Town, just one of the wee dressing rooms, and he always comes in and sits down, and he's there for 15, 20 minutes, blaring away. This day, apparently, he just came in, stood up, didn't he sit down, just said, right, off he's go. And the, the boys were stunned. Yeah, yeah. And it was literally five or six questions, and then he was out the door. See, when you were saying about the backlash for other managers, have you Aye. ever had somebody go mad at you for a question? Eh, good question. I mean, I, mu- I must have had no, no aim they gone gone mad, but uh-huh. just you just knew he was. I mean, Walter Smith oh, was right. great for that, just giving you the stare. Uh-huh. I mean, well, I talk, talking about being worried about. That. I mean, Walter's probably up there, uh-huh. sitting there, absolutely. No, bought on it, no, uh-huh. I mean, and then, as I say, he just had to look at you, he didn't even answer you, so many times he would just look at you, but just be like, silence, oh, no. silence in the room with tumbleweed going across, you just move on, move on to the next, well, move I on to remember the next your, one. your pal, Tommy Burns, barred me for, for Celtic Park, yeah. way back when Tommy was in my, wasn't he happy with a story I wrote about Paul Byrne uh, years ago, and I get the, the phone call at the house back in those days, Oh wow! and uh, Tommy says, if you ever done like that again, he says, I'll get posters of you made up and I'll put them all around Selic Park in the, 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 the adjoining area and say, don't let this man within 300 yards of, of, of our football club that have been thrown out of Murray Park by Ali McCoy, who was, was the manager. But I remember back in the old days, Tommy McLean was a, a oh, cracker. You see if you had something controversial and you, somebody, and you went to talk, you right, that's no answer that it was just, uh, oh, that it could be done. Never, you don't like it, it could no, be done. I never dealt with Tommy McLean, but I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Tommy McLean smile, even when you look back. So, <laughs> I, I, remem- I remember, well, it wasn't a manager, but I remember one time just talking about Big Yogi, who's half his seat, uh, as you know. I remember it was like, Hibs St. Johnson game, he was in charge at Hibs, and it was so stupid. I mean, you'll know it's the player ratings you do, right? Uh-huh. And Hibs had a nightmare that night, and Big Saul Bamba was at centre-half. Kyle drinks him, mate. Oh, I know, right. <laughs> I think I gave Big Bamba a three, right? And sl- now, I say I've slaughtered him. I've only got, like, eight words, right? But I've slaughtered him <laughs> in these eight words. A couple of days later, I hadn't even thought about it, and I need to go to, uh, training, to the training ground. Big Yogi's right out, and he's like, ah, pick you. Three for Saul Bamba. So he starts shouting <laughs> into the... He's like, ah... Oh, so, so. Oh, no. Right, I'm sitting there shaking, right? I'm like, ah, big Bamba's like a machine. 
just worried he's going to come out and, and do me, right? But yeah, sure enough, <laughs> he's like, ah, here's this guy, here's this guy who's giving you a free slot on your mark. Like, oh. Did he say it to you? No, I didn't, no. <laughs> but, uh, so, I, I mean, there's some fearsome guys uh-huh. that, that, you, that you're worried about. Uh, I remember Craig Levine having a go once as well uh, for something, and you wouldn't mess with, with Craig Levine uh-huh. even, even now. Uh-huh. And he's one of the guys, as you'll know, you get certain managers that will be annoyed with you or angry, but they'll just no speak to you, whereas Levine will phone you, aye, will yeah. phone you or, or text you. You'd rather have that. Of course yeah, you yeah, definitely definitely definitely. I, I've had follow-ups with managers and players over the years with guys, and like there's something that actually you become, you become pals with, but you actually have a relationship, yeah. you think that there's a bit of respect happens because yeah. you've, you've cleared there, they've dug you up rather than, and it works out, um, it works out fine. Before we go to Kenny Miller's red card, just on, on, on Stephen Gerrard then, Scotty, give us that wee insight. You've talked about, about Brendan, you know, once or twice you can just tell that, that he's not up for it and he's been annoyed about something. If things go against Rangers, maybe, you know, a couple of bad results or something right. like that and there's maybe a bit of criticism come Rangers way or Stephen Gerrard's way, how do you think Stephen Gerrard will, will handle that situation? It'll be interesting because he's not really had to deal with that yet. I mean, the results in Europe have been great. I he's no, they've not got the points they wanted for the first few games of the season but he's got away with that because they've qualified for Europa League yeah. which na- nobody expected at all yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how he reacts personally I think he'll he'll deal with it well as I said before he, you know, he, he's seen everything before I mean you think of some of the, the abuse that England players must have, yeah. must have got at World Cups yeah. and stuff 2006 aye, in Germany aye, particularly and he's and he's, he's the captain he's the guy out there yeah. having to deal with questions and all that so I don't think it'll phase him. I don't think it'll phase him one, but... Oh, can not be bothered about facing up in the lights? Are you going to be fine? Just <laughs> take that. And he's, he's straight right. You were there when uh, the red card was pulled out. Now, forgive me, who was the referee again on Saturday? Kevin Clancy. Kevin Clancy. Did you agree with it, looking at in, in, in live play for Kenny Miller? In live play, I thought it was a bit harsh, mm-hmm. especially when he produced a straight red, mm-hmm. because he'd already been booked, obviously. So you're thinking if he's going to... I mean, he probably deserved to get sent off because it was probably a second yellow, but when he produced the straight red, you're thinking, must have been a, no, or, sorry, during the game, I didn't think it was that bad, but you're thinking, for him to get a straight red, kind of harsh, but then when you see it on TV, it was a pretty bad bad tackle, wasn't it? So it deserved at least a, at least a second yellow, I think, and I don't know why <clears throat> Neil McCann came in after the game and admitted he hadn't even seen it yet, but says we're going to appeal it. What? Aye, I mean, he basically said, I've not looked at it back, but I've spoke to Kenny. I mean, as if Kenny's going to say it nothing, you know what I mean? He says, I've spoken to Kenny, he says he got the ball, so we're going to we're going to appeal it, and he clearly didn't get the ball. Well, no, that's you to see if they won the appeal, Sai, because you're still involved in the game, you need to keep yourself right with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm part of that panel, mate, nobody knows. Scotty, so Scotty, do you think Dundee will win the appeal? No, I'd be amazed. I'd be amazed. I mean, given some of the stuff that's already happened this season with appeals and that, I'd be, I'd be flabbergasted if if, uh, if Kenny gets off it. Right, your old club side, Dundee. Yeah. You know your hometown, your home city yeah. um, as well. Do you think V&A? I saw your wee tweet yeah. about that. Take your money, good proud, on you. Uh-huh. Um, proud is. You're in the VIP last night. Eh? You're in the VIP last night. Mate, I never even got an invite. 
That's what I was saying. I've got Paddy McCourt talking about John Roberts and Dennis Shite, and I still can't get invited to the VNA. Oh, we've Jim Spence got a VIP invite as well. Fucking hell. We I must have got us mixed up with our band, it's me and Spence. I'm dirty, everybody got a VIP invite. We, Danny Stewart, we Sean did. Hamilton, a lot of them, they've got VIP um, invites. Right, Neil McCann is a. Do you think the Dundee board will be looking at this situation closely now? John they've Nelms got, and, got, the, and the board. They've got to six, what is it, six, six games. Not, not got a point. Hmm. And I've seen the highlights and I agree with Scott, it looked like it could have been six or seven. And the one thing he's not addressed is the defence has been like that for probably about three years. Um, and he keeps buying all these attacking midfielders and wingers and strikers, but the the centre half he's brought in have not been good enough. Is it Kalunga that set up? I think that's three assists he's had in the last three games for the other team. Um uh, he's not addressed the goalkeeping situation properly for me. Scott yeah. Bain was the best player in the team when I was there. Yeah. And he's not replaced him. Go and yeah. get an older, experienced goalie for me. I agree. Um, so so <laughs> crucial that I think back to Ross County last struggle, season. Uh, and with all respect, you know, Ross County were, were, were throwing in goals. They, they tried two or three different goalies in. Yeah. You should never underestimate the importance of the, a goalie because he can it, help keep you up, can he? I even look at it and his boy Cammy Kerr, who's only 21, 22, and he's playing him left back. I mean, a young boy going into the team. He's terrific up on the right hand side. Left, like left, left there, back three. Left, yeah. left there, back three. If you're a young boy going into a struggling team, you want to play in your position. You ah, want yeah. to be comfortable, feel comfortable. You're going in there playing at a left there, back three. I mean, he's what, five foot nine maybe, playing in mm. the back three. Um, and it just seems to me that, I mean, he's brought Darren back in, who's not played for six weeks. And the big man was turning like the 52 bus. You'll not mind me saying that. <laughs> And it's quite right because he's not played for about six or seven weeks yeah. and he's expected to go to Ibrox and put in a performance. So I felt really felt for him. And even in midfield, I don't think they've got a player who who sits and, and, and tackles and yeah. dictates the game. So Missing, uh, missing Kamara, aren't they? Uh-huh. Boy Glenn Kamara, he's, he's decent. He I don't know, he must be injured, aye. But then again, played. Kenny Miller was captain on... That must be, yeah. what, the ninth captain of the, the season yeah. they've had. And it just it really worries me about Dundee, I think. It's only looking one way for me. The thing is, talk about the defence. I mean, as I say, they a top keeper in Scott Bain. Rightly or wrongly, they have a fall it, and there's only one winner. There's only got to be one winner, so Scott Bain leaves. And then Stephen Colker, by all accounts, was their best uh-huh, centre back. Uh-huh. And Neil McCann's had a fall it with him as well. Now, listen, I'm not saying Neil McCann's not wrong. Apparently, I don't think Colker covered himself no, in the off, off the, the pack. The yeah. yeah, and the, I think the pre-season, <coughs> in that pre-season trip, I think it was to Portugal, Portugal yeah. there was an instant, obviously, Neil McCann's not happy with, and of course he's got to deal with that, no, he's got to deal with that kind of, as a, as a manager, and got to put his foot down, but ultimately, there's got to be a point where you say, I, I need to stop falling out with my best, mm. my best players, because well, you're right. Well, you're shite players, but they're not your best. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you need, as you say, he's missing a goalie and a centre-back, and as I said, I've let two, I've let two good ones, mm-hmm. good ones go, for, for things have nothing to do with football. I hate, I hate asking questions such as, are managers <laughs> under pressure, and I know that's what you've got to do, because I just think managers lose their jobs too quickly now, and, 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 and players get away with uh, we all sorts and the manager always carries he can, but do you think that Neil McCann is, is staring it in the face at the moment? He's got to be. I mean, Sai says, five league games, no points. The one thing I'll say about him is he still he still tries to get him to play football. Yeah, that's what I like. He still he tries, to, play tries to play. Uh-huh. Uh, and even on Saturday, despite what we're saying about getting hammered 4-0 and it could have been more, there was, no, there was wee periods in the game where he thought, God, I've actually got something, got mm-hmm. something about them. They missed a great chance at 2-0. Um, and listen, I admire Neil McCann in terms of... <clears throat> he took a big gamble 
leaving Sky, no as a pundit, not to take that to take that gig. Mm. Um but he clearly wanted to be a manager, felt he could kinda of go and go and prove himself. It's no working for him the now. It'll be interesting to see how long he gets when there's another international break coming up soon. He's got to pick up some points before before the next break. I think they've got Hibs at home on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um he's got to take something, even if it's just a point, just to just to try and get them going. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see how that all unfolds for Dundee uh, in the next uh, week or two for Neil McCann. Right, we're on the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. I'm Mark Guidi, delighted to say, joined by the Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer, Scotty McDermott, and our very own Cy Ferry. Okay, next up, stick with us. We've got a couple of cracking topics to come. You're going to love some of the chat. Oren Kearney, the new St Mirren manager, right in the door, only two or three days to work with the players. He brings in a magician to try and lighten the atmosphere, entertain them, and, um, you know, hey presto, a nil-nil <laughs> like that one, Scott, yeah? <laughs> I was like, three days it took me. <laughs> hey presto, they've got... I'm trying to think of the old great Supremo jokes on that. Nil-nil draw... With Celtic, that was a, a turn up for the book side, was it not? It was, yeah. Um, I thought it started really well, St. Man. Um, first half created loads of chances, and it, it just baffled me a bit mm-hmm. when they went, Celtic went down to 10 men, why they went so defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, magician obviously went up the road at half time, but um, <laughs> I thought they would have went for it. You know, if you go and beat Celtic in your first game, then the place is absolutely buzzing. Even if you get beat 1 0 and you, you give it a good go, you know, the players get loads of confidence for that. I just thought the second half was really disappointing for something. Sat in their own half, ten men behind the ball, playing against ten men. I thought they were going to have a go, but you can see for something players how much more they were running about, doing the basics, running about, working hard. Um, so he's obviously had an effect in the, the couple of days he's been in. Um, and I like the way he speaks. He, he seems a bit a quirky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a player, I think I think players quite like like guys like him. Um, I think he'll do well at something now. In all seriousness. Can there be genuine scenarios where a manager does have a magic wand? I mean, can, can it happen? See, for me, see when I think because he's first in, it's maybe the boys have took it a laugh. But when stuff like that starts to happen further down the line, I think that's when the panic button starts to get pushed. We mm-hmm. had it at Swindon when the manager brought in a, a, a psychologist and a captain walked off, walked out after five minutes. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Douglas, who played at Leeds, didn't suffer fools lightly, man. The guy spoke for about five minutes. Dougie stood up and said, "Listen, this is all the shite. This is not going to help." Who's us. that? Was that Paul Hart? No. No, uh, no, it was Danny Wilson who was Danny a great Wilson. guy, uh, yeah, but he just we just lost ideas. We were clutching losing every clutching at straws, yeah. and then after that, it was before we travelled on away game. Mm-hmm. So Dougie got up and walked out, and we were all like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake!" So we all walked off on at the bus, and the chairman came on and gave us all letters with our names on them. I read them, so I'm reading mine, and he's writing loads of nice stuff in me. I'm like, "Oh yes, <laughs> this is amazing!" And he gives Dougie his in his envelope. Jonathan Douglas didn't even open the envelope; just ripped it up in front of him. And after that, in front we got of the chairman, in front of the chairman, uh, he's like, "This is what we need to try." As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I get better. He says, this isn't the stuff that, that helps you get better. It's been on the training pitch and working yeah. on things. He says, if this is what we need, then some we're players in big trouble. Just, some just, uh, older players, mate. And, uh, he's probably been there and seen it a million times. And really, I don't think it works, the stuff like that. I really don't. You know, I, I, I mean, I've never um, having used one, like that, but I, I could see the benefit having psychologists in a, in a general, not not for everybody and yeah. I don't mean that statements just across the board across the board but individually one on one I think I think that was the problem it was a group thing yeah. do you know what I mean uh, where it was right doing what, who you didn't like and what you think about it. so it was a big group thing but no I agree I think quite a lot of the boys are using the psychologists now individually I think yeah. individually it's fine but as a group Absolutely, I don't right. think it because everybody will have different needs yeah as an individual thing I mean guys know their own know their own mind you'll know if there's guys in the restroom Know that you can just tell they need a wee pick me up here. Yeah. They need they're no they're no doing it. They're no performing. Then I agree you can use it, but as I says, when you bring it into a group, there's a danger that you then just you're humiliating yourself. Do you know what I mean? And players they think this guy's this guy's finally lost it. Do you know what I mean? Um, talk about clutching at straws. If results only going bad, if results only going well, of course our manager's going to try try everything. But there's a line that you don't. Can I cross when eventually players just go, nah, this guy's, this guy's done. You know what, I've heard a couple of times, managers getting the boys in the changing room and, and playing the Al Pacino speech for any given Sunday. Oh, I've heard that a couple oh, of times. That, that's been done a few uh-huh. times. I've heard that back, back, uh, aye. That's oh, almost a cliche. Right? Your trainers would be busting it, your toes aye. would be busting it, your trainers cringing for a moment. <laughs> any, any given Sunday. That was uh, the any, given, any given Sunday. Sunday. Uh, I've heard a few managers doing that. I mean, what would possess you to do that? Well, well but it's... It's what for them now. You don't hear about the times it doesn't work, but you uh, have heard the situations. I'm almost certain going, going back, might have been the manager of Hibs at the time, but I'm, I'm sure big, I can recall Big Alec McLeish mentioned that, that he used it, or one of the players mentioned that, that he used, that that he used it one, one of the times, yeah. I think. Um, I but again, be, listen, I wouldn't I, be having that as a player. Nah. The old Alpacino speech. You never know. I, I think I would never rule, I would never rule anything, anything out, you know, if you want to try something um, different, you know. Uh, I remember playing a, an amateur game for uh, played by Muir End amateurs at the time. We had a game against I think Stirling University, <coughs> and it was to stay up, right? That's how bad we were. Needed, needed to win to stay up, and we played out at the Science Parks. And uh, can't even remember the manager's name, right? But big character, 
big fuck boys all loved them and all that, even though the results weren't they great. <laughs> I just remember starting I just remember they're in the dressing room, we start skiing this big serious team talk, right? Like motivational team talk. We're all glued into him, right? And then just one by one, as he's talking, he just starts like taking his taking his top off, right? And he's the trousers off. Like a pair of sussies. Who was it, Ronnie Dyla? <laughs> <laughs> a pair of sussies? A brand of sussies, right? The whole face is past us in laughter. Sure enough, the boys are like, no, we look one. I've stayed up. So it was all down to the sussies. What's the one that, and they were running open goal, uh, pad in the court, did they tell the the story about one of the managers that oh no you can tell they'll tell it when he comes on again but that's, that's one of the best isn't it it's fucking oh, magnificent could, could I think in all seriousness I mean the players know the players know just like simplicity for team talks me, not, huh? I mean I don't know if any of have watched the Man City documentary uh-huh. with Guardiola I've not watched it yet no I mean it's brilliant some of the stuff's brilliant you kind of keep your eyes off Guardiola but I speak to wee Simon Donnelly the other day about it and he was saying, it's amazing, like, Guardiola's seen as this guy who's reinvented the wheel, no revolutionised football, and in a way, he has. But Simon was saying, he says, see his team talks, not Simple, mate. The same team talks Simon was getting off Tommy Burns, like, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, he says, simple instructions, keep it simple, Definitely. here's what you want you to do. That's what players, that's what players want before a game. And it just shows you, you think Guardiola's going to come up with all these... No new ideas and no fancy systems and all that. Simon was saying very simple, exact same style of team talk that he was getting. Twenty twenty five years ago, he's so passionate about. Yep. about when he speaks to the players, he's so passionate, and you can't. His enthusiasm must rub off. But I agree. Keep it short and simple, and be yeah. original. Don't I? Don't I be doing Alpacino speeches? And what do you think, Alan Stubbs would have made? I don't know if he watched the game or not. But what do you think? He certainly would have heard about the result. What do you think, Alan Stubbs would have made of all on Friday night? Probably been in the Bahamas with his pay off, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, of course, you'll be raging, wouldn't you? I said it on here before, but the last two games at Alan Stubbs, I think the players are a bit out of order with their lack of effort. And then you see them sprinting about on Friday night. Of course, as a manager, you think, why do not do that for me? But Alan Stubbs will know himself what's went on between him and the players. and He's been in the game long enough. As a player, he spoke about us when he didn't let a manager and kind of said the players didn't work as hard for, for them. So he'll understand that. He's played the game. He's been both a player and a manager, so of course you'll be annoyed sitting watching it, but you'll probably understand why things but never you, went you, wrong. Right? You've just said something there, a lack of effort. How, how do you know there was a lack of effort? Well, I watched it. I watched the difference between you, the how, two how teams. Can you, how can you tell there's a lack of effort? Because if you're actually, unless you are the unless you are the player. Well, because the ball was going over their heads and they were jogging back, whereas Friday the ball was going over their head and they were sprinting back. Mm. Simple as that, that mate. You can tell from their body language how hard they're working. Um, and I seen a completely different side on Friday against Celtic. If, if you're Alan Stubbs, that must really great on you, though. Eh? Oh, it'll be it'll be gutted, uh, and he'll be angry about it, and you can sympathise with that. But the one thing I would say, you know, the kind of flip side to that is when I seen the St Mirren team on Friday night, it was cl- no one look at the team sheet, and you're thinking the new managers just went back to basics here. <laughs> he's brought all the guy, he's brought any guys that were kind of out the team for the promotion winning team. He'd brought them back. You could see he had them just in a kind of 4-4, four, 1-1, four, one, one, very basic system. Everybody knowing their jobs. Um, and I agree with Sai, they, they did work harder. There was a marked difference in them. I mean, I, I was at St Mirren's game the week, I think it was the week before, 
when they lost heavily at Hearts and they were an absolute shambles that day. I mean, I always think it's a, <coughs> Sai will know better, but I always think it's a bad sign for a manager when he's having to actually coach players through a game. Because what, I mean, where you're at Tynecastle, as you know, the press box right behind the, the dugout, him, Brian Rice and Darren Jackson, I was watching, they were literally talking the three centre-halves through the game. They were trying to deal with the big boy, Ike Piazzo, mm-hmm. up front, just couldn't live him. But Stubbs is actually on the touchline, tearing centre-backs where their body shape should be, where they should be at a corner. That should all be done you know, well before the, the game. I mean, so you can have felt the writing was on the, was on the wall. But as I say, the flip side is I think the manager was sensible. Bringing guys like Ryan Flynn and that back in, who had they been playing, who's just a really good... SPFL uh-huh. player knows he's you know where does that say you look up and down the, the, the premiership we now have five managers for Northern Ireland Brendan Rodgers Neil Lennon Stevie Robinson Tommy Wright and now Oren Kearney is that a good thing or are we saying right, wait a minute what is going on at the moment with our own Scottish managers and coaches I think the Northern Irish boys have been a breath of fresh air honestly do I think they've been great um, and funny sorry to interrupt but they, they actually they rave now, don't they, about the Northern Ireland coaching course. course. I mean, yeah. they always do go a bit large in, in the SFA, but the, the, the Northern Ireland one seems to be a popular one I now think, as well. I think everyone now, if they're down south, used to come up to here and they're now going to Northern Ireland. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll see more on the Scottish courses, it's all Scottish boys. Mm. Whereas before, it was a lot of boys for down south, but mm-hmm. they're all going to Northern Ireland now. Um, I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, but they've all done great. Um, even Lomas was up as well, wasn't he? Ah, he done really true. well up here as well. don't know if the Scottish game maybe suits them. Um, but no, I, I really like the boy Kearney. I've heard good things about him as well. Um, so I think he'll, he'll do well. But we need more Scottish managers back in the league, yeah. definitely. I've not I've no spoke to Oren Kearney yet, but it was interesting. I think some of the, the journalists interviewed Anton Ferdinand after the game on Friday night. And, I mean, he's obviously been around the block, seen a lot of managers, a lot of good managers, Premier League. But he, he'd only been in a couple of days, and I know he's not going to have a go at the manager, but he was... Really praising Kearney, like, really impressed with him uh, just after a couple of days training. So it looks as if he's got something about him. Um, but I think what you're saying about the Northern Irish, I think part of it is just it's just cycles, isn't it? I mean, mm. Premier League a few years ago, we were we felt as if we were on top of the world because we had about six Scottish guys in there between Moyes, McLeish, seven. Sir Alex, yeah. Paul Lambert, Lambert Douglas. I mean, there was, co- I was seven at one point aye, in the English Premiership, and, and now we've got none. none so. I think Northern Ireland just going through a good spell. I mean, that that course will have, have something to do with it because it's no coincidence mm-hmm. that people are raving about the course and then all of a sudden they're producing these guys. But uh, I'm sure Scotland will Scotland will have its have its day again coaching wise. Okay, dokie. Next topic: We are back into European football this midweek, Thursday night. Europa League group stages: Rangers away to Villarreal in Spain, Celtic at home to Rosenburg. We'll look at the Rangers game uh, first, Scotty. It's obviously any opponent from La, La Liga is going to be tough. Definitely. I mean, it's a strange thing to say, no, but I know any game involving the old firm, but you almost feel as if Rangers have got a bit of a free hit with us with us game. <clears throat> Away from home to a La Liga team. No, as we said before, people are surprised that Rangers are even in the, the group stages, so... I'm not saying Steven Gerrard or the players will, will take it lightly, um, but it feels like they can go over there and actually try and express themselves and try and get a try and get a decent result. Uh, it's going to be tough, but Villarreal, 
I know they won on Sunday, that was their first win, just winning 1-0. I know the rest did a few players right enough, but they've had a poor start to the season. I don't think this is the, this isn't the Villarreal team of 10 years ago that, that Rangers played under Alec McLeish. When they were proper out oh, for the Raquel me. Raquel me, what a player. Uh-huh. the first time as well. Ken, that's right. Uh-huh. 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 It's a tight, tight wee stadium. It it? It's uh, been there a couple of times that's... It's like a, it's even tighter than like a time castle. Uh, it's it can be, if the right are up for it, it yeah. can be quite intimidating. Aye, uh, definitely. But I, I mean, Rangers are 10 to 1 on Thursday. Much of them. 10 to 1. Nothing yet. But Gerard's experience playing in Europe and that big Aye. games he's played there, that'll help. I think he'll relax McGregor, the players. McGregor is well. brilliant for them in Europe yeah. and the, the four qualifying ties, isn't he? So, if, you know, if he's on it, on, on Thursday night. We were speaking about that, Scott. You were saying how much like Wes Fodron done well, but he's just a, a step Def- up McGregor. Ah, McGregor's so a commanding. Diff- different level. I mean, say Fodrium's a decent keeper, was a decent keeper for Rangers, but McGregor's taken on at a different level, and he's been there, seen it. Tonight, if, if Gerard, Gerard will know, see if they can produce the same kind of defensive performance that they've done against Osijek. I know Villarreal's a step up in class, but if they can be that, solid defensively and McGregor pulls off a few stops again uh, pulls off a few saves and Gerrard will think they can go over there and get a, and get a point Aye, I, I, I don't think I'm going to stick I'm going to stick my neck out and say Rangers can get a can get a 0-0 or a 1-1 right. yeah. okay. I think Sorry. it'll be a, a Villarreal win but no by a lot maybe one or two goals yeah just a tight one yeah a tight one uh-huh. ok Celtic Rosenberg uh, Celtic are at home on Thursday night, obviously they've, they've had the Champions League the past couple of years, are now into the Europa League. Um, how do you think they're going to do, Sai? I think the Rosenberg. Yeah, I think they beat Rosenberg. I think they've played them a couple of times, haven't they, over the last couple of years? A couple and, of times. Uh-huh. How many? Is feels, it? feels a bit six. six uh-huh. I think they've done better than Rosenberg have done against Celtic. So it is a must-win. I think your home games in this yeah. uh, Europa League, you need to win them. Um, there'll be a big, big crowd at the, at the game. Um, disappointment for the weekend. I think they bounce back well for disappointing performances, set, like, as mm-hmm. they showed in the, the Rangers game. Um, and I think they'll really be up for us, uh, this game. You would, you would imagine, as I said there, Scotty, if you're looking at one must win game or one sort of a gimme, if you like, if you, if you compare the other um, opposition from, from Leipzig and, and uh, Red Bull, Salzburg, then Rosenberg on paper looked like the, the easiest out of the uh, three they, opponents. They, they should be the weakest. I mean, we don't know too much about Red Bull Salzburg but you know Leipzig will be decent no operating at the top end of the Bundesliga and these Red Bull teams have obviously had money money pumped into them Spend. Spend energy aye they? <laughs> 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 took him four days to come up with that one <laughs> like, like playing down the wings uh, nah I mean They've they've spent loads in transfer fees. Now they they two the two Red Bull teams will think they'll be the two at the top of that top yeah. of that group. So if Celtic have got any sort of ambition, which they will have to get into the knockouts, then they've got to be beating Rosenberg at home. Um, but it'll be interesting to see the reaction, obviously for Friday night, because you just feel as if something's not quite there with Celtic flat, this, it, this season. Aye, I mean the only thing. I would say, I mean, at the start of the season when I watch Celtic, yours will be the same. I think Rodgers had it in his mind that he wanted to play this 3-5-2. Dembele and Edward. Dembele and Edward. Yeah. And honestly, see a couple of the games at the start of the season, with they two together, it was scary. I mean, 
I think it was the Alice Kerr game money qualifiers, the two of them were frightening. And speaking to Rogers after it, you could tell he had a wee glint in his eye. You think mm-hmm. he's thinking these two together no, could take us to, a, to the next level. Mm-hmm. But then Dembele gets injured, then he gets sold. You're looking at Edward now, he looks as if he's kind of missing his pal. I don't know if Rogers trusts Lee Griffiths. I don't mean trust, but he doesn't seem to like him in a in a front two. No playing with somebody like Griffiths playing up top on his own. I think that's kind of derailed him a wee bit, and they're obviously going to try and get it back, try and get it back on track. I think it's worrying. They're still looking for their best eleven, aren't they? Uh, I don't think he knows yeah. what his best eleven is, and that's always a, a worry for a team. One that interests me on on Thursday night is the size of the crowd. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Celtic fans. You know, I think it'll be full house. React. I'd be very surprised if, it, if it's full. I mean, I don't know. I might be wrong. There might already be 50,000 uh, packages sold or, or, or whatever, but I, I'd have thought if they, if they get more than, than 40 for the for the three games, that, that, would be, that would be a good uh, turnout. Purely just for the reasons of, A, the fact that the team's no clicked yet, B, they've been used to Champions League football, albeit that they've taken a couple of pacings along the way, but still, you know, like it is that, that music... That, ah, the lineup the sets same. the tone. It, it's special. So to to come down, um, and then you know, and again, I'm not being critical at all because you know it's not easy to find money uh, and constantly keep paying for it. But eventually, sometimes you know the financial um, toll you know takes uh, sorry, the financial impact takes it toll right. as well. So I think the but the ones that are there, you know, if it is the round about the forty thousand mark, they've got to get behind the team and that could affect and, and respond. Well, it's not full house, you know. Yeah, it's already a wee bit flat. If they go there, and there's Northfield House, I think that could affect the players as well, you know. And that's the difference between you know, Rangers' situation. You contrast the two of them, two of them in, a, in a Europa League group, but the kind of circumstances uh, are totally different because Rangers haven't been there in so long. Their fans yeah, are so buzzing, aren't they? Buzzing, are buzzing, so yeah. excited, they're snapping up tickets. Guaranteed day three home games at Ibrooks will be packed out because I've not seen anything like this for. Mm-hmm. Of six seven years at least, so whereas Celtic, no, they've a couple of years ago they no it was Barcelona and Man City it was coming, so it's hard for punters to get to get up for Rosenberg again. No, third or fourth time they've played Rosenberg in the last couple of years, so I agree. I think if they get (coughs) if Celtic can get forty odd thousand, I think they'll be they'll be quite happy. Right prediction. You've taken Rangers for a draw. How Celtic going to go on? I think Celtic will win. I agree with Si. I think they'll just no as I said. It's not quite clicking for them, but they should still have too much for Rosenberg at home. Knowing the 81, they get off to a fly on the group, I think. 2-0, 2-0 Celtic. Sorry. I think a small victory, I think it'll be tight. Tight again. Uh, and I yeah. think Celtic can maybe win by one, one or two goals. Okie dokie, we're going down to William Hill. Get your coupons on, follow the lads and waste your money. Right, Scotland <laughs> under-21s. Scotty, you were over there we're in the final... Yep. Section of the Open Goal podcast, keeping the ball on the ground in association with our friends at William Hill. Scotty McDermott, Chief Footballer at the Sunday Mail, delighted to see you joining Simon Ferry and myself, Mark Goody. Scotty, you're just back from Holland. You must have been delighted to see the Scotland under-21 team defeat uh, Holland to oh, a great result, great performance. Brilliant, great result. Did you celebrate? Just a couple, couple of quiet beers in Arnhem after the, after the game. <laughs> Arnhem's a lovely place, yeah. It is. It was yeah. great, wasn't it? Wasn't it? It's busy. Yeah. <coughs> Probably as we'd have hoped. But uh, it was great as well that the the, the the game for the boys wasn't a bridge too far for them. You know, it was great. Ah, uh, it was. That's just right over size. <laughs> yeah. oh, but I knew it was a joke. I knew as soon as you started to say it, you're... took me five days to come up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Old David never will be turning his grave. <laughs> the boys impressive, was Scotty. Uh, they have been, aye. I mean, 
listen, the, the under-21s as a whole, when you look at the section, personally, I think they should be looking at it with a bit of regret because if they hadn't drawn away to Andorra and at home to Latvia, they'd be challenging England at the top of the table for an automatic spot into the Euros next year, which for me... I know it's all about developing players and providing guys for the full Scotland team, but it'd be nice to qualify for something as well. Uh, and I'd probably get a trip out of it as well next <laughs> summer, you know what I mean? Yeah, the finals? Italy. Oh, whereabouts? All over? The all over, I think. Uh, so it'd be great. But the positive side of it is there's three or four young guys now in the 21s. I mean, you look at Scott Gamo and the job he's trying to do, the full Scotland team have got Suter, McKenna, McBurney and Tierney, I think, still, still eligible. Quite, eligible yeah. Are all in a full squad when they could be playing 21s. And then when you look at the actual 21s, as well as the boys that, that are around that age, he's now got three or four younger ones. Billy Gilmer at 17, Hornby has just turned 19, and Mikey Johnson at Celtic is 19. They three, are, they three are eligible for the next two or three mm. campaigns at 21s level, so that's really encouraging. Right, talk us through. Billy, I know you had a big sit-down um, with him as well. He comes across as a, as a lovely kid, well-grounded. But on the part, talk us through Billy Gilmore and the kid from Everton, Fraser Hornby. Just, well, I mean, Gilmore just keeps the ball for fun. I mean, for a boy at six, no, no long-term, 17, uh, can be a box-to-box midfielder or a sitting midfielder and just keeps it two feet, so comfortable, uh, playing against getting He's playing Chelsea's under-23s team, you know the size of some of the boys mm-hmm. down there, and he's dealing with that, he's playing with them pretty much every week, and now he's in the, the 21s, um, I was at a Toulon tournament in the summer as well, when he kind of made his debut at 16 for the 21s, again, went in against France, nothing phased him, uh, and off the park, whether it's been going down to Chelsea or no, or getting away from Glasgow, but... No, really mature now for a for a young seventeen year old kid. I, I so his mum and dad down with him, didn't he? Certainly, he did for a wee while, yeah. but I don't think they're there. No. Now I think they just come down. Uh, they come down every every month or something, or every few weeks. But I think they get media training at Chelsea and all that. So he's he's actually quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. You no, know, in, in interviews and stuff. You think he, some of the young boys we've interviewed over the years couldn't get a sentence. <laughs> I remember interviewing Barry McKay. <laughs> Peter Heed remember Rangers the first, first game, game right? you Barry McKay scored and literally couldn't get a word out of his mouth they, they brought him out he's only 17 and when you did get a word it was just aye or no uh-huh. I mean I remember honestly we, we planted a big piece with Barry McKay that day and literally there wasn't enough words to make a piece I remember it's amazing oh. I love the ones that the boys that he just regardless <laughs> of what you asked. I always remember when, when we James Forrest broke through as a kid and it, it was great he, he was running up under Neil Lennon's uh, uh-huh. team and doing well and he's a lovely kid and he had his injury problems you, you felt for him and you, you've just come and say so, so James or the, you know Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> That's what I say. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh, definitely. Every question, oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, I love the kit. But the thing, you know, Scotty, I don't mind that. You make allowances for for, for kids like that. And some just not comfortable do. and they're shy. And you've uh, got to, you've got to say, it's the ones that you know that, that, are, that are intelligent and comfortable but are deliberately awkward. Uh, and, you know, course. you just and think, you know. Is, is the boy Burke not meant to be like that? Is it Oliver Burke? Is he not meant to be quite awkward? Aye. Uh, and oh, you got slaughtered for that. I did. Uh, he's he's not talking. Right. He's not talking to me. Uh, no, I, I just I wrote a piece at Toulon. No, that tournament, 
obviously there was three or four media guys there, so you're there for a fortnight. He's the captain of the under twenty ones. We asked to speak to him three or four times, and we're basically told by the by the SFA that he didn't want to didn't want to do it. And I just I thought that was out of order for a guy yeah. who's moved for no millions of pounds. He's played in the Bundesliga. He's played in the Premier League. He's the captain of Scotland under twenty ones. No, I might be wrong. If you're going to accept the captaincy, you need to be prepared for stuff like that. And also, you'll be able to comment on this. If I'm, no, we Alan Campbell at Motherwell or Greg Kilty at Kilmarnock, and I'm doing the media every three or four days, you're looking at the captain and think, wait a minute, I'm doing this three or four times. That, to me, that then creates a vibe of, oh, he's Billy Big Time, which can't be good for any dressing room. And I, he, he wasn't happy. I just thought he's, I just didn't think his attitude was was great. Um, and he's done it West Brom now, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's played much. I mean, he's he's got to. And by the way, as a player, I think Buck's brilliant. At nine, when I first seen him at nine, two years ago, we were labelled. He was in the main squad. Um, under Gordon Stratton and the whole nation's labelling him the new Gareth yeah, Bale, I which was really, to be fair, totally wrong, totally unfair on the it, boy. But it that's was what we were doing. But in saying that, I remember the first time I ever seen him. We were in uh, Limerick and it was a Scotland under Scotland under nineteens game. Having Kieran Tierney played the same day, and Tierney, you were like, ah, wow, this this guy's brilliant. But see, we all the buck. I mean, you were literally like, this guy is Scotland's next superstar. He was unbelievable playing wide. He was bigger, stronger than anybody else in the park. He was going by guys like the one there. And I know you're right, it, it is harsh making comparisons, but he did remind you of Bale. Yeah. You're looking at him yeah. thinking this guy could be our, could be our Gareth Bale. Um, so he has got it, but he's obviously, it's, been, it's, it's not been great for him the last couple of years. He obviously took a gamble, well, not a gamble, but he took a big step going to Germany. Didn't quite work out. I don't doubt he'll have learnt a lot and developed, but he's just not played enough minutes. I think if you look at his, I think yeah. I wrote, I mean, you look at his stat, I think in the last two years he's maybe started like five games. Yeah. It's just isn't he, isn't well, he good enough? He's, he's frustrated. To round his offside, you've been <coughs> in major tournaments, Canada, with, with Scotland. I went to Canada, I, 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 oh, did you know? Ah, he was just for two, yeah. Oh, did you? Uh, just the Euros I went to. I need to brush that's up. why, the, that's I, why I had sorry, a nightmare in Canada. Euros, I'm going to brush up my, brush up my research. <laughs> How good is it though for, for a, a youth team player whether 18, 19, 20 to be involved in a in a major tournament? Is it a good learning? Oh, it's curve? brilliant. Uh, that Poland trip, we had, you were oh, there, Scott, was wasn't it? It was brilliant. brilliant. But we had a great set of boys. We had a, nah. what a team we had. It was like Lee Wallace, myself, Snoddy, Big Fletch, Dorans. Yeah. Um, Mark Reynolds Mark Reynolds Scott Cuthbert uh, it was a really yeah. good set of boys and it was, like, it was probably one of the best times of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we got the beat Czech Republic in the semi-final. Aye. We had all the papers not over us so we were getting the papers over and it was I saw two or three expenses pages. when they came back. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing about that trip was, and he's a Scottish legend and he was great with us, Archie Gemmell. He was hard as any on you, man. He didn't even actually call me by my name once that whole trip. I'd, honestly, never. Exactly. He, hated, he, he was hard with us, I know. He was hard. Snoddy. He was just uh. passing about a Snoddy. Um, but he'd always be playing with his Henry Halls, eh? Constantly, man. Every time you'd be training... He'd be standing on the side of the pitch during a game and we'd look over and he'd be, he did the hands doing the, the shots. <laughs> he was some man, man. I, I really liked him. He was he was a proper character, but um, no, it was a great set of boys we had. Um, and by the way, see that, see that trip, <clears throat> you think back, I mean, people have been going on for What year last, was that, Scotty? That was 06. Uh, sure, aye, 06, so 10, 10 years yeah. or 12 years ago now. Mm. The thing about it is people say, people have been saying for the last decade we don't produce enough players, right? 
that team, nearly every player has been on to play professionals and a, a good career. Got a good living out of it. Yeah. Snodgrass, the guys like Snodgrass, Fletcher, Dorans, Lee Wallace, Reynolds, Lee Wallace, all guys that have played at the no, top level, mm-hmm. Scottish wise. There's only one or two. You mentioned Cuthbert as well. Cuth- Cuthbert's had a good year yeah, down, down south, uh, hasn't he? Yeah, a few moves. It's probably the, the Celtic yeah. and Rangers boys that never kicked on. You know, it was mm-hmm. Gil, uh, Brian Gilmore, Brian, Mizell, uh-huh. Charlie Grant, Mikey McGlinchey, Ryan Connor. We never yeah. kicked on because after that tournament, Fletcher, Snodgrass, they all went on and played for uh, the first teams, whereas we went back to playing reserves, which probably kind of killed us a bit. Uh, you know? McGlinchey's done all right for uh, He's played at a World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup and stuff like that. So, no, other boys have done well. Right, that's us. We have been going for oh, it's about 56, 57 minutes. It's been brilliant. It's been great fun. I've got right through the car, talking about many topics. It's been a pleasure to have the Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer, Scotty McDermott, join us. Scotty, have you Thank enjoyed you. it? Pleasure, I loved it. Great. Welcome back, mate. That was good. What did you say there? What? <laughs> 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 welcome back. That was oh, good. Is, well, I was just about to say he said two appearances in, his, in one day. He's first and his last. But no, I think I think we might I think we might get him back on one of these days. If we Huey, Huey Kevens calls off Phil again, then we'll get <laughs> we'll get wee Scotty in. No, thanks for joining, Scotty. It's a pleasure. I appreciate your your insight into particularly um, the way that Stephen Gerrard and, and Brendan Rogers operate behind closed doors with the media. A new site. Another good one. Did you enjoy it? Loved it, mate. I really, really enjoyed it. Like listening to Scotty. Brilliant. I've had enough now. (laughs) (laughs) Time to go. (laughs) Keep up with you. I know you'll join us next week. Have good fun this weekend. See you soon. Bye. At Apple Green, we're aware of the part we play in creating carbon emissions. That's why we're now offering you the choice of carbon neutral driving with Power Plus Fuel. Power Plus from Apple Green. A better choice for your engine, a better choice for the environment. Because your emissions are 100% offset. And a better choice for Ireland because you're supporting our commitment to plant 300,000 trees. Carbon reduction is a journey we can all be part of. Choose Power Plus today. Let's put carbon into neutral. Search Apple Green Power Plus today. When the city is your campus, inspiration can hit at any time. But when the unprecedented occurs, things can go from inspiring to... Alan, did you take my charger again? Don't worry. At DBS, we've got hybrid learning and student experience coverage. Find the perfect blend for your learning and live the best of both worlds. Visit dbs.ie to learn more. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.